3: This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs and this is the h j Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon show. We had some great guests today, didn't we, Andy? Yes, we did. Yeah, sorry, only one mic is working, so uh, we're having to do it like the Beatles. So uh, we had the actor John Henshaw in, he who's in a new film about Burt Troutman called The Keeper, which was uh, good. It was good to see John. Tom Lucy is an Arsenal supporting comedian. He was on Good Form and Rick Riley, Rick Riley the uh, fantastic american sports writer was telling us about his uh, new book on uh, Donald Trump and how he constantly and spectacularly and unashamedly cheats at golf plus we had a chat about various things didn't yeah, we at the top of the show, yeah. and we had the clips of the month wow and oh, they yeah exciting. so it's a good one this, uh, stay tuned <laughs> Boy, I'm a bit of a mayor, a bit of a technological mayor that's... You have, your phone suddenly went off in your pocket uh, during uh, Victoria's Bulletin, which wasn't great, but Toby and I, just, like, and and uh, Rufus, our assistant project, we love the, them, you fishing down your pocket to try and turn it off, and then you took it out and it was even loud, it was a beautiful, it was like Mr Bean, it was a beautiful bit of... It's so annoying, uh, for some, I mean,
4: it wasn't, for some reason, it, suddenly the page opened up on Twitter and it happened to open up on uh, Michael Schumacher's son, Mick Schumacher, Going round, I think, for Ferrari. So that's what that noise was. It was that. Actually- so it was an F1 car in your F1 pocket? Car or are, are you just pocket. pleased to see me? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Um, the yeah. other day, I, I was uh, standing in with my son's uh, new house in his garden, and we were talking about uh, lawns or something. Really oh, God, quite some tedious. Some quite deep father and son <laughs> chats, don't you? Yeah. Anyway, it Pocket recorded it and sent it to uh, one of, one of the lads I know, who then distributed it to everybody. It made me look such an idiot. Thanks very much. She <laughs> just sent me a thing saying thanks for the gardening advice. Yeah. <laughs> See, so it went to it went to everybody. What was the advice? I think it was something about
3: it was it was really mundane. Water it. it, was, water it was,
4: water something about if you don't plant it at the right time, you've got to have top soil. See, and all that's, this that's stuff.
3: quite profound. <laughs> that, some people would have taken that on on the gardening level, and others may have got a bit of a sort of sun zoo. You could be the sun zoo of the art of gardening with be, uh, Andy Jacobs. I should be in a zoo. <laughs> <laughs> you, should be, you are a one-man disaster. Anyway. Oh, then, then but I, honestly, you are the gift that keeps on giving. Then so I typed you. all my
4: notes up, and for some reason, it, when I sent it to John, it wasn't the thing I typed up, so okay. i got yesterday. I
3: love that Andy has these... Re- all, he forgets sometimes we're on national radio, <laughs> so he's telling you he typed up some notes. Who cares? You I, don't care. I agree, I don't and so care. So I'll send them to John. Who's John? Do you know we go around your nans You go around your nan's With respect, who's John? Uh, you go around your oh, nan's house, and she says... Surely no I, that's because I saw Gene and then I saw Betty and, um, you know, well, remember I from Bingo. I, know. I, I, think, no, I, don't, I don't know like, any of these people. No, I don't
4: like that either. I don't I know any of these people now. All right, well, let's do a survey. Okay, go on then. Hey, you can tweet into TSH&J, do you know who John is? Oh. No, seriously. If you, you either name him members or you of, don't. Yeah, members of his Either family. say yes, what he is, or no. I know what uh, he is. <laughs> can I text that in Will you read that out? Yeah, Well, Don't bother, that's what I'm... Just don't don't bother bother. Now, I'm not even going to give you the address You're going to have to guess it Honestly, you saw it last week We had a story, didn't we, about uh, the FA Wanting to change the name sensibly to the English FA because yeah, it's, it's seen as elitist and arrogant, arrogant. Isn't it? and that stops us getting yeah. big tournaments and one of the people who's been involved in failing to get us uh, big tournaments over the years is Sir Dave Richards yeah. a former FA uh, vice president mm. who sits on the council and this is what he said yesterday he said I can't see why they want to call it the English FA when it's mm. known around the world as the FA it's mm. known as the FA because it was the first to be formed yeah. I mean, could you be more arrogant than that could the you problem, make a more arrogant statement yeah, oh, absolutely. really right.
3: yeah. I, Honestly. I, I tend
4: to agree, you really, It's quite depressing when you mm. read a statement like that, but there you go. Um, and it was interesting reading the Jordan Pickford reports in the paper this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for some reason, the Sun captured him and said, uh, uh, Pickford playing below playing on Saturday while well he was wearing an England shirt, so yeah. unlikely that he was, I'd say, at that stage. Mm. But it's the idea of the, the bystander Because it's really, a bystander said he was driving around in his, not the bystander, Jordan was driving around in his Lamborghini before hitting the pubs. He went to the River Bar with pals, walking around like he was a big shot. You think, well, that's just your perception. Surely he was just walking with his friends. You chose to perceive him walking around as a big shot.
3: He was just walking, wasn't he? We have been in a big room of people with him um, at an event and he wasn't walking around acting like a big shot. Was no. he? That's, that was... Well, I mean, no, that, no, so I our, that's no, no, so I'm just saying that's as relevant as that bystander. We were by... <laughs> two bystanders who was in the same place <laughs> yeah, for exactly. most of the day said he didn't walk around acting like a big shot. <laughs> no. So there we are. Maybe that balances that out. But we'll, we'll leave it there because I think that's an ongoing yeah. uh, discussion. So It yeah. is.
4: Anyway, to last night's game and... Uh, I suppose it was inevitable, really. In yeah, Newcastle, their record against the top six is so poor. They put up a decent fight, and they were just about. The, the, the game plan was that they would have a barnstorming last five ten minutes. Yeah.
3: Well, they did, but then but of then course they conceded. they conceded the second in the eighty-second minute. But Arsenal did play some lovely football. They are they, they did. are looking uh, they're looking very easy on the eye, aren't they? Mm. I mean, the point has been made that they've got you know they said this incredible run at home and they do have now five away games including some quite tricky ones but you know hmm. against sides that are pushing for, for Europe having said that when they came to, to Tottenham um, they played some great football that day and had very good chances so it's not like no, Unai, they're a
4: team that aren't any good when they're, they're not at home much much improved under Unai Emery you can see yeah. the progress
3: you know and that's good they, they well, it look, shouldn't be a surprise that Blake's a proven very good manager and he's got good players at his disposal. Mm. Everybody always felt that Arsenal had a decent squad, decent under, squad under Wenger. decent I mean, I, think, yeah. I do think they're a good three players away from,
4: four players away from a title challenge. Yeah. You know, but they they certainly, you Most know... Mustafi probably needs moving on, doesn't he? And it'll be really. interesting whether, you know, obviously they've got to improve. they with five away games. They've got to improve, but they certainly played some nice football last night. Yeah. They? So I thought, refs get a lot of stick, but I thought it was a great decision to disallow the off, offside goal. Uh, yeah. By and no, not the Rams, the, Ram, the Rams Yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't offside. But it was a great decision by Anthony Taylor no, wouldn't have improved Neil Warnock's mood a
3: lot watching it. Yeah. There. and a, a I think it been put out really. I think we're one of the. Uh, the, the, the he's mentioned Jim Show Neil, and he's mentioned. Uh, I think he mentioned breakfast as well so i think we need I mean, adrian's going to want to shout out soon in an ill at press conference we wouldn't mind one wouldn't be that'd be quite i don't know what, in what context but uh, and at anyway. half time
4: i decided to watch i like recording the IPL games i've got to wait, i do my own highlights i've got time to win you spawn through do you? yeah i go through it at times 30 every time there's a wicket i stop and have a look at that i maybe watch the last over of the first innings and then i watch I get to the climax of the game, and I get the last five overs, hmm. and uh, and this has happened about three times now. I've got to, the, and it's been a really exciting game. And for some reason, when you record the, the star coverage, yeah, it just cuts out. It cut out. I went into the last over; they needed ten to win, <laughs> and then it just cut out. You think, oh, oh yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, don't they go to uh, the voice? Because the voice <laughs> is on. Just this star, end
3: it? of recording. That's it. Oh, really? I'm oh, lucky. Yeah, yeah, I know it's very unlucky. You really. can, you board, can, can you set board. your timer longer. Do you know that you can af- you can affect the the length of how much goes on after a broadcast? Yeah. So if it goes late, uh, it you must can do have do been that. overrun. I suppose that's what it is. The game's overrun. But you got to uh, drill down into yeah. your Sky Plus box and sort that out. Anyway, oh, yeah. uh, again, a local matter.
0: Who cares? Who cares? Um, but a good story. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. <laughs>
3: me and jacobs here on talk sport making a welcome return to the studio is comedian tom lucy good afternoon tom
2: hey chaps how we doing yeah good, good year. you like still? the new gaff
3: don't you yeah you i was saying, just saying
2: it? i've been on the show uh twice before yeah i think so yeah and you're in that old place and now yeah. look at you up here in the know, shard yeah look at that lovely views Living across the dream, london's that's.
3: busy west end well done. <laughs> fantastic and uh <laughs> that you are you are playing uh at the leicester square theater in london on the third of yeah, May, but what you're a also, seamless
2: link that. Yeah, was, that's nice,
3: isn't it? I uh, love Brighton, that. Edinburgh. And I can Garth just go. see it from here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just see the front door. Just see the poster outside with yeah, Tom's yeah.
2: name on it's it. It's a big poster.
3: But you're doing little, you're doing a bit of a tour, aren't you?
2: Yes, I am. I'm, mm. I'm on tour uh, next month for three months. It's only like six or seven dates, but it's my first tour, so yeah, yeah, it will be great. Excellent. You've done some
3: really. Well, mm. You've been in to tell us about other stuff you're doing, but you've done some huge um, support gigs on other comedians' tours. Massive comedians from uh, the states and, and here, of course, our big names. Yeah. So, is that, is that a great kind of showcase? Do you find, because you know what it's like, any a support band, or support act, often people are wandering in with their pine. Yeah, it's quite different. Yeah, I, I suppose it's
2: no different from doing a kind you
3: know, you're going to get every audience on site. Yeah, isn't it's, great, it's
2: a great training ground because, like you say, no one, no one is interested in the support act. Mm. So, if you can win over an audience that aren't there to see you, that's a really great sort of training yeah i think it's the same with bands as well when you support bigger bands if you can win over the crowd then they will become your fans as mm. well it's kind of the same thing but yeah, it, you, it is you tough you
4: can't be better than the main act though. no <laughs> well there's no you won't get asked that. again if you
2: can. But, um, yeah it's weird because I, I remember when, when i did all those supports coming on stage and seeing people actually just stand up and go back to the bar <laughs> in front of you <laughs> it's like they don't know that you can see everyone
3: and is it difficult you say all right, mate, sit
2: down. Well, you not, you, mate, you yeah. probably could
3: do that in the comedy store or something. Yeah, where they have not, ten it's not so much
2: in those big rooms. Yeah, but, you. Uh,
3: row fifth. No, you, mate, in the 55th <laughs> yeah. row. Just, no, no, I can't see you, but I can see you moving. Well, sometimes yeah. it's, it's just
2: people talking and, like, people walking around trying to find their seats and... Calling friends to see where they're sitting, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I'm on stage trying to do stand-up <laughs> over people trying to find their seats.
3: But if you, if there's you know, if it's John Bishop or someone, there's ten thousand people in here, Jack yeah. Whitehall, and a uh, thousand of them sit. They they like you. Five hundred who yeah, come to your exactly. gig,
2: you, that, you'll take that. Won't That's you, why I things? actually think those gigs are, are easier. I yeah. actually think the bigger ones are easier because there's more chance that. You know and there's thousands of people, some you know, even if one percent of them like you, yeah, it's still like 500 people or whatever, yeah, so. of course.
3: I mean, you've had great successes as uh, from early on as a young comedian, but I suppose actually, sometimes standing in the wings and watching these guys who've probably yeah. been at it 10, 12, 15 years plus, yeah, at work is is a good learning curve, yeah, as well, of course,
2: isn't? yeah. And 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 I've never done a tour where I'm the, the main act, yeah, so this will be a bit different. But and I'll have a support ad. Oh, you oh, support really? So yeah. So things have it? all changed since I. We we don't actually know yet. Right. I will have one, but we don't know. <laughs> who you'll it will be is really yet. annoyed if everybody just sort of sits down and watches yeah, him yeah. <laughs> intently. Bring that fella back. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm so used to doing the support. Maybe I'll go on before yeah. the support act. I see you're
4: you're playing the stand at Edinburgh, which is uh, yeah. a, a great place for comedy. I yeah. Mean, throughout the festival, there are lots of different venues, but this is a permanent, proper yeah, comedy this is there club. Yeah. Yeah. It is, and it's it's it, 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 quite a tricky audience. I think at times, but yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah they're thanks. For that, yeah. well, they are,
2: <laughs> but that's good. No, the stand is a really famous uh, venue. There's Edinburgh, Glasgow, and Newcastle, and they're all great. I think I'm doing Edinburgh and Glasgow, but the Scottish audiences are amazing. I think we talked about this last time, but mm. they're the best. You go up there, and it's you know, you, it's one of those places where you're going to get a reaction. Then it's, They're not going to be lukewarm. Yeah. They're either going to love it or they're not going to go for it at they're all. different to the home counties, perhaps. Yeah, when you come down here, like we were <laughs> saying before... I'm Guildford, reading, for Guildford, example. Guildford, which yeah. is one of the dates on the tour. That is likely <laughs> to be the sort of crowd where they'll just politely... Sort of smile through it, and then and then come up to me often and say they loved it, but not really laugh that much. Uh, okay, and that's well, that's classic of places like. Well, Gilford. you put
3: them on notice; they may be they maybe turn out being aggressive <laughs> and start swearing at yeah, you. Yeah, now, now we get a load of Scottish <laughs> they They'll get a coach party
4: down <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: yeah. to intimidate you. <laughs> yeah.
4: Now the show's called The Reluctant Millennial, and yeah. uh, it, it's
2: tell us a bit about it. Well, it was um, the show that I did at the Edinburgh Festival last year. So I'm not going this year because I'm doing this tour, but it's basically the show I did last year and uh, and it's changed a bit. If anyone saw it in Edinburgh, it will be changed slightly. And But it's, yeah, it's kind of about me being 22 and not really feeling part of my generation. I don't really feel like um, I enjoy the things that, you know, quote-unquote millennials are supposed to right. enjoy. I sort of feel a bit out of place in my... What sort of things do you feel like you should be enjoying more? Well, I don't really know. It's just, I'm trying to think of an example, but it's things like uh, social media and Snapchat and all this. I I feel like a 50-year-old man (laughs) in in a 22-year-old's body. So it's a lot about that, but it's also about family and growing up. And the thing about these titles is that you have to pick them about six months in advance of... The show being ready, so you kind of have to just pick a title that, that will work for a lot of. So it is about mm. me, a reluctant millennial, but it's not. It's not you know. Wait, just you're not, about you're not, that you not you're not married to it. You're not you're not tied <laughs> no, to that. No, I don't a, want people to
3: come thinking yeah. it's, a, it's I a wanted sort of more in, reluctant millennial in, stuff. In depth. <laughs> That's really what <laughs> I want. Analysis of millennial tropes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're an Arsenal fan. Yeah. So uh, you must be uh, delighted that they're they're kind of back in the frame. Third, it's been a while since I've been uh, up there. Yeah, we
2: you, was, right? I was there last night. Um, have you talked about this already? No, no you, only very briefly. briefly. I mean, as
3: go, through gritty teeth, me as a Tottenham fan watching it, I thought they play some, they play some lovely, very yeah. easy on the eye
2: at the moment. I don't they? go that often to Arsenal because my uh, flatmate has season tickets, so I'll go with him. The main reason I like going is because... Uh, we where we sit is right above the away fans. Oh, okay. So I quite enjoy enjoy. Well, sitting. especially
3: the Newcastle fans. Yeah, they were really into it last night.
2: Yeah, uh, they were impressed with the away. I, I sort of uh, get quite into how. You know, I sort of judge clubs on how loud their their away fans are. They still sing
4: the Bladen races, the Newcastle. Yeah, oh yeah, thing. I think so. Yeah, they, they still were part really of the into repertoire. it last night for, yeah.
2: a, for a Monday.
3: Yeah, they were all and they're over always it. in the shirt. So they must have, in the, in the old days, when they said, "Well, oh, don't wear your colours for away games." The old Newcastle fans, you just see this sea of black and white. Why walking would they say down that? There. Well, there was always worries in the seventies oh, about up? marking yourself out, but that never bothered them. Does that always. still happen in football? No, I don't think it. I feel does. like it's all a bit. Does it? No, I know. Well, I don't know. its moment, but um, I, d- I don't think that does happen now, but, but there was a was time like in a the famous,
2: 70s. you a famous Tottenham fan. Would you feel safe going to Arsenal? Uh, what, wearing?
3: Um, I tend not to go to Arsenal. I've not had a great deal. When I've ever gone there as a Tottenham fan, pretend tend mm. to lose, so
2: I think I bop the team, but I get away. But um, Well, this is a bit of a name drop, so apologies, yeah. but I was in um, Glasgow last year with Kevin Bridges right. staying at his house and uh, we went to a Celtic game, because so he's a massive Celtic fan, mm. and then he gave me, as a present, a Celtic top which then the day after I was leaving to go back to London. He so, you'd wear and, it. and I was about to leave his house wearing this Celtic TikTok And he was like, what are you doing? <laughs> <It's
5: true.
2: laughs> he was like, don't go out yeah. into Glasgow wearing that. And I just assumed it would be all right these yes. people walk around London in football tops it's fine and he was like don't do that don't go to Glasgow train station wearing a Celtic top no the,
3: you, you're about to spot half at least one <laughs> <looks> <laughs> nice yeah, yeah people way. giving you a big thumbs up. Yeah, like, yeah. hey. so and that was uh, good advice many on the that other was side. great advice yeah 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 so uh, what do you think where are you going to finish based on what you saw last night you think top four is oh, you've got always five get very away tense, games
2: I'm very course, tense coming in here and talking about sport yeah right you guys all know so much about it, but yeah, it's just, I think you're doing very well. It's yeah. a shame about Aaron Ramsey. Yeah, yeah, The decision to
4: get rid of him looks madder and yeah. madder and madder. Just or to you know, run down his contract. Or to certainly. run down his contract. It yeah. just makes no sense. He's the captain. Yeah. He obviously Unai Emery rates him. I don't. And this is the bloke how this has come about. This is the bloke
3: playing like that, like he cares that much
4: when yeah. he's going. So yeah. imagine
3: what he'd be like if he was
2: staying. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I'm not really sure what's going on.
3: So uh, we can catch you Brighton first at the end of the month, 30th of uh, April. Then yes. into May, uh, London, Guildford, Edinburgh, Glasgow, and uh, Birmingham. And, and I'll be wearing
2: my Celtic top at the Glasgow show.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, fuck <fine>. yeah! That's, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, you will definitely lose half of the audience. <laughs> did you see? It? There was Celtic a picture top. of a guy the other day at the game in a half Celtic, half
2: Rangers shirt. Oh, really? That's a the bad, man who wants to get beaten up twice. <laughs> I heard. Uh, I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard that. Ed Sheeran did a gig in Glasgow and thought it would be... Because apparently wherever he goes, he likes to wear the, the football top when he performs. Right, and he came out in a Celtic top.
3: Oh, He had did to take it off. That's not a great like idea. Five it a if playing, idea. If you're playing in Newcastle, or you're playing in. Yeah, Leeds, You're what, playing in a one it? club town. Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. It's slightly different. But mm. well, like is... Arsenal
2: in London, the one club. Yeah, town. well, yeah. I,
3: that's not the that's yeah. not the shirt uh, I would go for. <laughs> and uh, but anyway, uh, Tom, uh, good to see you. And best guys, reluctant millennial. As we said, go and check it out. People can follow you on Twitter, and it's and all They can follow me on Twitter, uh, yeah. Online, just put in Tom Loose, and you get details of all the dates. Just so put like, my name in, you'll yeah, find it. Yeah, you'll find
2: it, it. You'll, you'll find it. LinkedIn, I'm on
4: all of them. Yeah, and uh, it will be something... <laughs> the most bloke- pointless thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Hotmail, I'm on Hotmail. <laughs> 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 Have you had any jobs from LinkedIn yet? <laughs> uh, plenty of jobs, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You, get, you get job offers from some website, don't <laughs> you? Yeah, but, uh, why uh, no, why no, don't you take them up on one? I unsubscribed, that was a big mistake, because it was a good source of material. It was,
3: we needed that. Yeah, you've been offered all sorts of... Fine work, weren't you? Mostly shelf stacking. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, At unsociable (laughs) hours. Fantastic. Fine. Pretty appropriate. So, um, where was I, Tom? Yeah, I think if we put your name into Google, somewhere on about page four will be a Rangers fans forum saying
0: don't yeah. go and see
2: him
3: he's
0: Celtic yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> saw
2: him walking <laughs> out Kevin Bridges' house don't, don't put Tom Lucy Rangers in <laughs> <so>.
0: <laughs> good, good to see you thanks for coming thanks, to the Hawksby and Jacob's daily podcast from TalkSport
1: do you remember what it's like being in your 20s I sometimes look back at that period of my life and laugh just as much as I cringe if you do the same then you've got to watch Queenie the new original series on Hulu who is Queenie? Queenie is a 20-something-year-old living in London. She's facing all the firsts. First major heartbreak, first shitty apartment and soul-sucking job, first therapy session to work through those mommy issues. Can she turn her quarter-life crisis into a revolution? Maybe. Will she make some questionable decisions along the way? Definitely. All episodes of Queenie premiere June 7th, streaming on Hulu.
0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking
0: rest stops if we're stopping to get gas.
3: Good afternoon, Paul been Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. Coming up in this uh, second hour of the show, we will be uh, chatting to uh, Luke Moore, of course, because we're bringing the H&J Book Club, uh, Book of the Days, Penguin Stop Play, a, a favourite of, uh, of mm. Andy's, he'll be telling us why a little bit later on. But uh, we're discussing a new book uh, now, and uh, we've spoken in the past uh, about uh, cheating among uh, presidents uh, of course, um, yeah. This is, the, this is next level, though. This, I think. this is this is it's gone nuclear, isn't <laughs> it? Really, we, 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 Bill Clinton, I think, was the Mulligan King, but uh, uh, I'd say this does take it on to a completely different uh, level. Rick Riley, uh, whose column we used to love at the back of Sports Illustrated Life of Riley every week. In uh, in the uh, magazine, has written Commander in Cheat: uh, How Golf Explains Trump, and he joins us now.
5: Good afternoon, Rick. <laughs> Thank you. I was I was recalling when I played with Clinton and. He wouldn't take Mulligan's so much as he would take Billigan's. Uh, <laughs> so he'd, he'd hit his first shot, and then he'd say, I'm going to hit another. and I'm hit another. And he'd hit five or six of these Billigan's. But he'd always play the first one. But the problem is, you could never remember which was the first one, and the Secret Service would always go, "I think it's the one near the pin, sir." Yeah, <laughs> <of course. laughs>
3: yeah you'll be familiar with that book by Don Van Natta, which we're kind of alluding to. Those about right, the right. great cheating presidents, and as I said, reading your book, it's it does seem to have taken it on to a completely uh,
5: different level. Well, this guy, he doesn't just cheat on the golf course, and he's incredible at that. I mean. He kicks, the balls. he kicks his ball so much the caddies call him Pele. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he cheats. he cheats in a way I've never heard of, which is to say he said he's won 18 club championships. Mm. But the truth is he already told me how he did that. Whenever he, he buys a new course, he, he, don't, he owns 15 courses. Whenever he buys a new course, he plays the first round by himself and declares that the club championship so how's that for diabolical and then I've, I've discovered three or four tournaments he said he won when he wasn't even in the same course and one time he wasn't even in the same state yeah. so, so how, do you, how do you get away with that so as I say I don't, I don't know much about politics but I know about golf and this guy cheats like a mafia accountant. <laughs> and it's
3: become, it's just, I mean, even in, in other areas, you talk about your experiences with him and, and a story about Lee Trevino, that like you you meet him, he likes your sports writing, and then when he introduces you to three or four other people, you've gone from the guy who writes for Sports Illustrated to he's the president of Sports Illustrated. <laughs> and Trevino shoots 72, and he goes around and says, oh, Lee's just shot 68, just shot 66. By the time you meet the fourth guy, it's the course record.
5: Yeah, Lisa, I, got I had to get out of there. I was about to set the course record. He started the day at 72. By the time Trump was done introducing him around the locker room, he was shooting 65. So, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And, and you, when you're with him, you become, yeah, you become something you're not. And then he introduces you to people. Like He'll be like, this guy was voted best hamburger chef in the world. And the guy's looking at me like, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. So I don't know why he does that. And so whenever I'd, I'd ask him, like, why do you keep lying about me? He'd say, ah, it sounds better. I do. Yeah. I uh, a buddy of mine had dinner with him and Melania and his wife. And uh, the two wives were talking and the buddy was talking to Trump. And the, the wife uh, says to Melania, so where are you from? And she says, I am from Slovenia or wherever she's from. And suddenly Trump turned to her and said, say Austria, it sounds better. <laughs> so Quite years, random. She told people she was from Austria <laughs> and then she got hammered in the press for lying It's like that's because this is what he wants.
3: Wow, it's—I mean—the etiquette. You talk about golf etiquette as well, and uh, you know, it's a game that's sort of uh, obviously littered with that. But one thing he does, which, which truly shocked me, is he drives his buggy on the greens.
5: <laughs> that's not it's just, good. Uh, it's unbelievable to me. <laughs> he drives it, the tea boxes, drives it across the tee boxes, drives it across tee box, and so people tell me, "Yeah, but it's his course. He can do what he wants." Well, if you invite me over to dinner, my wife and I. And yeah, it's your house, but you don't get to come out in an open bathrobe, you know, in a cigar. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's his course, but don't you have to behave? Yeah,
4: that's... there's there's been a lot of interest in the book over here in Britain, Rick. I'm sure you're aware of of that, and I think it is because it's right,
5: the... well, for sale. in uh, I think it's, it goes on sale today, right, all over the UK. Hmm. And I took a trip to there to. Um, you were talking about the buggy. You know, he owns uh, Trump Turnberry. I hate to even use Trump with the word Turnberry because that's such a great course. Hmm and a place in Aberdeen called uh, Trump International up there. Mm. But you're not allowed to take a cart at either of those courses. Carts are not allowed unless you have a really strict medical exemption. And yet whenever he plays there, he takes a cart. Of course he does. So he came to Turnberry, and he played with a cart, and a buddy of mine was shooting it for the uh, Scotsman, and he said, the Secret Service kicks his ball out of the rough. It's (laughs) unbelievable. Everybody cheats for this guy.
3: Everybody's on the payroll, yeah.
5: But yeah, in exactly. the end
4: though i mean you, you, look it's part of his persona and he, he, it it's obviously working for him there's no question about that he's ended up as president of the united states for goodness sake but you do wonder on a sporting level what is the point i mean what, what's the satisfaction of of playing around of golf shooting a 100 and then saying to people oh, i scored 78 i mean what's the what's the satisfaction in that you, in your heart you know you didn't
5: Well, exactly. What's the point of telling people you're a 2.8 handicap, which is really, really good, when everybody, Tiger Woods, Brad, all all the pros, Annika Sorensen, say he's about a 9 or a 10. What's the point of of having to win every time? So I asked a psychiatrist, (laughs) and he said, I think he's got borderline personality disorder, in which he has to be the best at everything. And if he's not the best, or you beat him, or you say he's not a 3 when he's really a 10, It's like if you drag your fingernails down a chalkboard. just—it just just, he can't live with it, and so he has to either make up lies about it or say the system is rigged or the judge was paid off or whatever it takes to let his mind uh, be at ease with the fact that he didn't win. But the proof of the pudding is when he's played in televised tournaments seven times at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am and three times at Lake Tahoe, He's never done anything. He can't break an egg. He's never made the cut at Pebble, even though his pro partners have. And he's never finished in the top half at Lake Tahoe. But, of course, that might have been because he was with Stormy Daniels. I don't know. <laughs> I love your quote,
4: though, here. If Trump is a 2.8, Queen Elizabeth is a pole vaulter. Well, wow.
5: <laughs> will. She is a have woman of many talents. <laughs> Have you seen
3: her out there pole vaulting the hedges? <laughs> not yeah. recently. No, not uh, recently. Not recently, no. <laughs> the, um, there's a lovely story that maybe taps into what you were just saying uh, about a fellow scribe of yours who played Trump and won $10 off of him. And uh, he, couldn't, he couldn't actually let go of the money. He had to kind of almost rip rip the two $5 notes. And when he did hand it over, he had to add, it's okay, I've got a supermodel girlfriend. It's can like Alec Baldwin saying this. I've got a supermodel girlfriend and my own 727, so I'm okay.
5: Right. A friend of mine lost uh, um, 20 bucks to him at uh, Trump Los Angeles. And when it came time to pay, he said, Donald, I'm not paying you. You cheated on every hole. You kicked it, you moved it, your caddies moved it. I'm not paying you. And Trump goes, it's okay. I got, a, I got a white Bentley and a really hot girlfriend, so I'm fine. <laughs> Damn <Dear> man. <laughs> so, I would always love to, I'd love to say that once. I got a white Bentley and a hot girlfriend.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, there's two kind of, uh, a couple of real standout things. The one is uh, his attitude to gimmies. Um, you know the people who know there's an expectation you might be a foot couple of foot from the hole you're playing in a game and mm-hmm. your partner will say that's fine, you can pick that up that's mm-hmm. right. But you said uh, you played a game with him and uh, he went with a gimme chip. that's got to be a first't does Well he? he now I denies that, of, of course.
5: <laughs> I played golf my whole life. Well, the denial was interesting. So I played golf my whole life. He and I are playing a medal bet you know total score. So I'm in, I'm in for a par five on a, a five on a par five. And he's off the green, lane five. So he goes, I guess that makes this good and picks it up. I'm like, Donald, did you just pick up a gimme chip in? He goes, yeah, I, was, I probably wouldn't have missed that. Like, you would have because that's the worst part of his game. He can't chip to save his life. And I'm like, no, you wouldn't have. But it doesn't matter. He's, al- he's always in his own cart, and the cart goes super fast. And by the time I made my protest, he was on to the next tee box. But. Wow. So when they asked him about it, the Washington Post asked him about the gimme chip in. He said, "I never happened." And besides, if he gave it to me, then it was good, right? <laughs> like, Wait a minute, is that a denial or what is that?
3: Yeah, exactly. <clears> um, <throat> in, in, when you're when you're a foot from the hole or a couple of foot, he'll say, oh, "I think you maybe you better brush that in." He's not that <laughs> he's not that keen, is he, to 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 let you have a gimme? Um, but you know,
5: we have a we have a circle of friendship, like it's called the circle of friendship, which is about. Okay, if it's inside a circle of two feet around the hole, it's good. His circle of friendship is about the size of a Winnebago recreational vehicle. <laughs> I mean, and, but it's not yours. It's only his. You know, as Lindsey Graham, the senator, said, he goes, uh, Mr. Trump takes a lot of putts, but I notice he doesn't give many."
3: <laughs> so... Uh... It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, what has he made of this? Because he is, I'm, I'm really surprised he has not tweeted. I've seen you tweeting him, uh, and he will be aware of this book. Uh, so, uh, what are you expecting? That's going to be you, fake news, isn't it? You, you've Surely. got a kind of book open, uh, open on what the first tweet is likely to be, uh, Rick.
5: Yeah, I think uh, loser is a one to one odds. I'll yeah. be a loser, I'll be a dishonest reporter. That's two to one. I'm a horrible golfer, and I and he kicked my ass. That'll be about seven to one, <laughs> and then uh, at a million to one is well, I do cheat a lot, so I kind of had this coming.
3: <laughs> Excellent. Well, it's a it's a really entertaining book, very very enjoyable, very funny, and uh, it's uh, we'd like to see you writing a bit more. So uh, it's a real oh, shame. Thank you. It's a real shame that you you stop your work with Sports Illustrated, but everybody's allowed to retire sometimes. So um, you're
5: very kind. Well, I think I'm coming to London and to Glasgow to, to talk about it. So maybe we'll see you again. Yeah, do pop lovely, in yeah, and see definitely. us in the studio. We'd
0: love that. Thanks, Rick. All the best. All right, guys. Thank you. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport.
3: Rick Riley to the life of Riley. Oh, beautiful. What a segue. Nice that, yeah. Uh, Clips of the month uh, for March, then. A couple of Mr. Parry's, and we kick off with uh, this one. And his new series on Talksport, Mike Parry on Art. I mean, he's so successful now. He's my favorite greatest living artist. John Constable is my favorite living dead artist.
4: <laughs> John comes to my favourite living dead artist. I <laughs> just don't even know where to start with that one. No. And uh, talking of that, here's Tony Cascarino on the sports bar with Andy Goldstein, slightly thrown by a listener's question.
1: How many chickens do you think it would take to kill an elephant? It's Something I've always wanted to know. Great question. Great How question. How many
4: chickens what? Would it take to kill a, an elephant? Kill an elephant?
2: Cause, I mean, an elephant's pretty big. I don't That's think they big. could. I don't think they could. Chickens. Like, even if there was like a thousand, yeah. probably they wouldn't be able to... Uh, no. Penetrate
0: an elephant skin, I don't know. No, I
2: don't think.
0: Uh, no, look, Cass looks
4: so confused here.
2: Well, I well, Go
4: on. I don't understand the question. How many chickens would it take to kill an elephant? Why, 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 does, why
3: does chickens have to kill an no, elephant? No, he's
4: just putting a scenario
1: forward. Just, just, well, just driving past the zoo, and I'm thinking, yeah,
3: are they armed, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> It's the best one. What a (laughs) payoff. Are they armed? Chris should be Tony's follow up book, really. Um, But I love it. At one point, it's almost like he's trying to do the joke why did the chicken have to kill an elephant (laughs) to get to the other side? And that's brilliant. Uh, Anyway, um, we'll let you be the judge of that, whether that's the winner. On the Fisherman's Blues, and why does all fishing terminology sound like it's come straight from a carry on film? And I remember the tip I often think I ought to give our listeners, and you probably know it. And that is, if you make yourself a cup of tea, put the tea bags in your butt ring. I'll have a coffee if it's all right. I'll stick with a coffee mate on that
4: basis, yeah. Now, you're probably still wondering, where's Alan Brazil? Well, better late than never, here he is on Scotland's embarrassing defeat. I'm looking at the players saying, how do you lose 3-0 to a team like that with the greatest respect? I don't want to be disrespectful to
3: Kazakhstan. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, pretty disrespectful, <laughs> Al, i yeah, yeah. Don't want to be disrespectful, mm. but anyway, sticking with breakfast, why is it that our old mate Ray Parler can't say the word fight? Um, but yeah, you, you had to go into the game with that sort of rivalry, and you, you can go back to the, the late 80s when you know there's a big fart on a pitch at Old Trafford. As <laughs> <So> long as <laughs> he keeps doing it, I won't always have the clips, won't isn't that's it? That's the important thing. And it's and back to Mr Parry.
4: It is, it? and finally, here is Mike Parry talking United. Uh, can they keep up the momentum? Yes they can. Is Ollie um Golly Sunshine the um the right man for the job? Sun- Oli Golly <laughs> It sounds like a children's <laughs> entertainer, doesn't it? Blimey, That's bizarre. So, That's a good selection. They're quite hard
3: to choose. They were, yeah. Mike Parry on Arts, Cass uh, and the Chickens Armed, uh, Teabags in the Butt Ring. Um Mike Allen, Big Allen not knowing where Kazakhstan is, with respect. Uh poor old uh, Ray trying to say the word fight and Mr Perry on Manchester United so uh, there's the selections you can vote on Twitter so you go to at TSHNJ that's TSHANDJ at TSHANDJ on Twitter And uh, you'll be able to vote for your favourite in a series. Will it be two, John? We'll have three in each one. How will we do this? We can't do six in one. Anyway, you'll find it there. And we will bring you the winner and play you the winner uh, with Adrian and the gang just before uh, 4 o'clock this afternoon. So there we are. There's the Clips of the Week. Clips of the Month, shall I say. Clips of the Week back on Friday in the usual slots. Mm. We've got some racing for you as well. Thursday and Friday from uh, Aintree. We'll have the feature races with uh, Rupert Bell. And Rupert will be with us. Uh, in just under an hour's time to uh, talk about the uh, the national Tiger role. Back it's going to be an exciting wins, race, you yeah. said 13
4: runners. 13 in. runners. It's a third of the race, virtually, 40 runners. So, yeah, amazing. You know, yeah, it's sort of amazing. I mean, it's a bit like one owner owning sort of a third of the teams in the Premier League. I'm not entirely sure it's uh, yeah. sporting, but anyway, that's the way it is. They're up
3: there now uh, in two lots of three, and then we'll have a, a semi-final and then a final for the best ones. So Ooh, go and vote very for your favorite. Yeah, well done. At TS... H&J. Now, one of the great dilemmas of our time here in Britain
4: is, of course, Brexit. What's going to happen? Nobody knows. Have you you got an answer? No, but I'll tell Mm. you who has. Oh, yeah. Gemma Collins. Oh, of course. (laughs) Headline today. Why didn't we turn to her before? (laughs) Yes. I'll fix Brexit. Leave it to me, says Carrie i I'll fix breakfast.
3: (laughs) Honestly. Gemma Collins will fix. Wouldn't it be great, though, (laughs) if she could? If she suddenly just said, Well, we do this, and it's part uh, Norway Plus, (laughs) but just a little of the customs union. This is my take on the backstop. And you'll go. Man, that's brilliant! <laughs> that's yeah. it, and then all of them—the EU go, "Yes, we'll Reece go." Smug, we'll everybody's us. on board. they will go That is quite brilliant. How <laughs> did Gemma saying, "Yeah," and then she drops the mic and, uh, and, <laughs> and walks out. Happen, like, oh, it? yeah, it'd be great, wouldn't it? That's, <laughs> it, it, that's it not, not going to happen, is it?
4: Yeah, not going to happen. Not at all. No. Now, Anthony McGill, the snooker player, I feel a bit sorry for him. He was Doctor mm. Frame uh, because he overslept. Uh, He was playing in Beijing, where, of course, snooker is very popular in China. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, I woke up during the night, practiced for two hours, then went back to bed at 7am. The next thing I knew, it was 2.28pm. Now, you think that sounds bummy, but if you've ever been to the Far East, it's the worst jet lag. Messes with you, does it? Oh, it's bad. Uh, That's exactly what happens. You wake up in the middle of the night, you're absolutely wide awake, and then you sort of, by the time you're ready for sleep, it's the day. It's really confusing. But So uh, so I do feel for you a little bit. Yeah, I'm buying that one. Um, that's fine. I'll Good. Agree with it. I'll agree with that one. So yes, uh, I'll
3: yeah, so we'll get one more. Go on. Well, then. One more. Yeah, go on. There, you got else? I could do. Uh, I, you many. don't have to. You seem uh, keen to. That was. Well, all. no,
4: no. I always seem keen, but not necessarily. You seem keen, but you rarely deliver. <laughs> okay. no, I'll just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so true. Now, we got. What you got, Andy? Uh, this letter, waste of ink this morning, written to the Sun by uh, Marion Packer. Yeah. She said, "How lovely to see the three ladies in the Master Chef final." Mm. I was thrilled that Irini Totsagougli. Uh, <laughs> sort of Probably goggle. not right. does struggle. sorts of glue. Is it right? <laughs> Irene sorts of glue. <laughs> Apparently. Anyway, nice. Irene. I'm glad Irene won, she says. I do hope the BBC do a... You've made w- this ten... You're doing an in Brazil <laughs> now. With respect, I've never heard of her. <laughs> With Irene. Yeah. In her native... Crete and do a cookery show with Greek food. She was a pleasure to watch with her bubbly enthusiasm. I was thinking, plumber, you were an agent. Yeah, <laughs> well, you do <laughs> struggle with those Greek names, Christ. don't you? Well, yeah, I do really. i George. <laughs> the
0: Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport.
3: Before we chat to uh, John Henshaw, who's uh, one of the stars of the new film about Bert Troutman, uh, The Keeper, let's hear a little bit uh, of the trailer.
1: That lon in the goal, He's not bad, is it? This lad could save from relegation. This is not about football, Dad. He's
5: a German. You can't just ignore that.
1: To me and everyone around here, you're still the enemy. You, play football, keep your gob shut. What's up with Bert's neck? It's a war wound. Poor lad can hardly speak. And also, I have a light cord. He's German? <laughs> you're not, are you?
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, a, a really great film. John is uh, with us. Hi, John, good to see
1: you. Good, uh, good afternoon, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's, um, I mean, you're a big City fan, so you probably didn't
1: take a lot of persuading to be involved in this, did you? No, not at all, really. I mean, uh, it was great. It was about City, and it was also about Bert Troutman, who, who I did see, actually, when I was about seven. I've I seen him play a couple of times for City, so uh, it was an old brainer you know. But, I mean, it, it's a good story as well, you yeah. know what I mean? So it was a good script.
4: Yeah, everybody sort of knows about the the broken neck in the final, and of course that's the most famous thing. But there's a lot more to it, isn't it? The background of how he came to be at City and some of the difficulties he had when he first got there.
1: Yeah, well, Marcus Rossmuller, who, who directed the film, went to see him in, in Valencia, and he, and he said, you know, I don't want it just to be about I broke my neck in the final and all that. If, you, if you're going to do a film, you know, make us tell a story, mm. you know, and be entertaining as well. And it does, and it goes from when he's virtually. Uh, in the prison camp near St. Helens, and he comes, and my character Jack Fryer gets him to come and play for St. Helens, um, and he gets sort of involved with the community, and eventually he gets involved with my daughter, like so. Then I become his father-in-law. But majority of the film, you know, it's a, it, a lot of people see Bert and this that, and everything. It's, it's a football film. It's not. It's about ten percent football, mm. and most of the footballs at St. Ellen's anyway, you know. But it's like it's about. Um, battling racial prejudice, it's about romance, there's tragedy and it, it's a real good story, you know.
3: There was a lot of pushback at the time, wasn't it? When he first started to play for City, I mean, it's a big Jewish community in Manchester and there was a lot of stuff written at the time said, you know, City shouldn't be doing this, he shouldn't be involved, he's just been fighting for the Germans only a few years ago, but... It's Andy has seen this letter. He said he was a. Uh, we'll come on about this. a letter from I think the Chief Rabbi at rabbi the time, Rabbi Altman, yeah, who yeah, yeah. wrote and said, "Look, we, you know, we have to forgive and we have to move on," and and it it seemed to change the kind of narrative, really, didn't it?
1: Yeah, what a guy he was, you know. I mean, you've got to say it's not long after the war, so a lot of people are still grieving, you know. Mm. Uh, and what you do? I mean, there's a line in it, but actually, you can't talk to the bereaved. You know, they look straight through you, yeah, and understandably, but. Um, the Jewish community came and rightly they made a protest and he he sort of wrote this letter to the Times saying, you know, we can't blame one man for our our ills. you know, be bigger than that, let's go on there. And you think with City, you know, I mean, he wasn't proven then uh, as a goalkeeper at that level and yet they took him... um, in spite of all the flack, if you'll pardon the expression, uh, took him on and, and I took a chance with him, and he got death threats, you know. Yeah. Uh, and he got hate mail for a long time and abused by a lot of the crowd. When he turned up, there was waiting for him, you know what I mean? But, uh, but God bless Rabbi Altman, you know, he stood up and said, no, come on, let's, uh, you know, let's live and let, live and get on with it, you know. And he,
4: and he was going against the community because there was a thing, when I was a kid... You wouldn't have a German car, your family or anybody you yeah. knew. It would be completely out of the question. Yeah, and it's changed now, of course. But you know, in those days, so it was a very bold thing that he yeah. did. And so you yeah. saw that, Andy, didn't you? Yeah, that, it was at yeah, yeah. a Jewish uh, exhibition of football and, and sort of the effect of what the sort of role of the Jewish person in football in this country. It was quite interesting,
3: actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the the character you say you played who's the, the manager St Helens. Um, did you get a chance to talk to any other family? Did you did you ever well,
1: not until the, we had the premiere in, uh, we had it in Munich a couple of weeks ago and then we had one in Manchester last week and uh, a lot of Jack's family was there. A lot of Bert's family was there mm-hmm. as well, you know. And uh, they loved the film and it's great. And the the girl that plays my daughter in uh, it, Barbara, um, she'd come up to me and she's like about 80 odd and just sidled up to me You know, and said, wow. hello, Dad, you know. <laughs> and, uh, said, as long as you're not looking for spends, you're, you're not getting any back pay, you know. But they loved it. They came and it was great, you know yeah what about um david cross who plays bert troutman Brilliant. he's a smashing lad he looks like a young bird you know when you see him uh and but he's a great actor he's, he's very big in germany you know and he's I in the reader wasn't he with Kate That's Winslet.
3: Right, yeah, 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 yeah 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 so he's done some big movies
1: he's great he's got a, like you know he's got a, a, a you know he can look and freeze you with a look but he can light a room up with his smile like you know what i mean he's got real uh depth to him he's a good actor. A great actor
3: and, uh, he did a bit of goalkeeper training for the movie, didn't he? Apparently, did he d- put some work. in Oh, he did
1: quite a lot. Yeah, he did, yeah, he was working with one or two people. He was like because he's not really um, a footballer, and he didn't play a lot, you know. So it was it was quite new to him. So he was, you yeah. know, we'd see him at the end of the day. He'd go to the gym, do a bit of film, and then he'd be doing some training afterwards, like diving all over the place, yeah. you know. So, but yeah, fair play to him. You know, he, he looked uh, half decent when he did it.
3: The he, film doesn't sugarcoat. As mm. a, a, bu- mm. a book that came out a number of years ago says that the, the people used to see Bert as the good German. He, he wasn't one of them, but he was, you know, he was a fully paid up member of the Nazi party he'd been Hitler Youth, and he'd been indoctrinated and he bought into it when he was fighting for Germany, he was he won the Iron Cross
1: didn't But he? he said to himself, you know I, I just wanted to be a good soldier, you know, as you say he got the Iron Cross, but he didn't know later on um, you know, there's a story in it with a young boy that got shot and, but it, it's uh, but it's more of a story when he's seen people in the woods getting shot and he's seen some Jewish people being killed and put in the trench and he said uh, he didn't know about this sort of stuff, he said at the time, if if I would have been a bit older, I probably would have committed suicide. I, mm. I couldn't handle it, you know. But I should imagine coming through the wall. I mean, he, he was captured about four times. He should have died God knows how many times. He was buried for three days under some uh, stuff from, from the bombing and everything like that. So his head was probably all over the place anyway, but he, he didn't know about it. And afterwards he says, you know... Honestly, he said, if, I, if I'd have known about it at the time, I, I would have you know committed suicide. Yeah. So you can't I think ig- that's the measure.
4: You can't ignore the 1956 uh, FA Cup no, final. final it's a it, really iconic football moment in this country. It's a big it? part of the FA Cup. I don't think you ever talk about the history of the FA Cup without mentioning this particular
1: match and this particular incident. But yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, the year before, they lost it, you know. So to go back and win it again, and, uh, you know, I, mean, I don't, you know, he, he wanted it all, but he didn't want it to just be all about that. You know what I mean? He wanted the story telling. Uh, coming through, and it, you could have made about four films with the stuff that came through afterwards. And you know? even from my point of view, when I talked to people, we go down to the Etihad and see some of the legends there. and They talk, and some of them knew in it, you know. Um, and they'll tell you stories, and you think he could have gone on for them. But you could have just done his his life in the army, and then moved on to the football, and to, you know, even afterwards, his family tragedies and stuff like that. It's it's a real good story. You know? Yeah.
3: No, it's, it's it's excellent. We do recommend it. it's it's out. Um, it's out from tomorrow on Friday. Yeah, on it comes Friday, out. yeah. Is it,
1: What day is it? Yeah, Friday comes out. The yeah. fifth yeah.
3: is it? Yeah, brilliant. So go and see the keeper. It's uh, great. It's, it is more than a football film. I mean, from your point of view, John, as a city fan, you've you kind of experienced good times with the league in the '60s and the FA Cup in the '60s, and then. Some success in the 70s, but that kind of fallow period you thought was probably never going to end when you yo-yoed through uh, the divisions all the time.
1: I was talking with lad the other day and, and I, I was saying, we've been there, you know, and I remember like when we was getting beat 4-0 and the crowd would be singing, we're going to win 5-4 and all that. We were quite... Um Philosophical about stuff, I think, but we are. You know, I've been to Macclesfield eating pasties you know, and the next thing, like, we're playing Barcelona and we've got tapas outside the ground, you know, <laughs> you think what a change this is. So it, it is unbelievable. And I, I know for a while when we we got the new stadium and they said the crowd's a bit quiet, but it was all gobsmacked, you know. I mean, we just stood looking at it, you know. What yeah. I mean, and even now you watch the way they play football, and you know, there's only one team can beat City, and that's City if they don't play on the day, but. Uh, I've got to say it is incredible
3: yeah we've we've often said you know, you know City fans and you know they're obviously always expecting it to go wrong you know someone's going to run in one day said they've run out of petrol there's no more petrol left there's no more oil the world has run dry I mean and, uh, it's the only thing that could, that could only happen to City
1: really. and, uh, well it's for like for all them last week they had no coat. well they were when he was playing Belly, they had no coach they had to go down in cars you know <laughs> yeah. that was sort of reminiscent of City in the old days you know yeah. No, no, there was always that city factor, you know, that you said, no, it's city, you'd accepted it, but nowadays you're disappointed if they don't play well, you know. One or two is uh, a poor day, as you say. Yeah,
3: yeah. well, look, uh, mm. we've got three big games coming up between our Ooh, uh, two yeah. teams, yeah. which should be lively. But yeah. uh, good to see you, John. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for nice having
0: me. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk TalkSport. There we are. That was this
3: afternoon's show. We're back tomorrow. We have an Olympic gold medalist. Greg Rutherford will be here. And John Richards – not John Richardson. Uh, um, uh, it's James Richardson. Sorry. Sorry, John, if you're out there. Not Kevin Richardson or or it's James Richardson who'll be joining us tomorrow from one. But thanks for downloading us.
2: Roundabout season two presented by Nissan is live now and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans.
0: I grew up in the city, so I have like...